following sermon audio is from Love City Church, Cincinnati. More audio and information about Love City Church can be found at www.mylovecitychurch.org. So as I told you, uh, these Family Worship Sundays, the sermons are going to be based on questions that the kids ask. So I've the kids' discipleship team, uh, I've tasked them with collecting those and, and, and feeding them to me uh, so that we can answer those questions that the kids have. And so uh, the, the question for today that we're going to address, this one has apparently been by far the most common that uh, our kids' discipleship leaders have heard. Uh, and here it is. Here's the question. Does God love Satan? Does God love Satan? Furthermore, should we pray for Satan to repent? Should we pray for Satan to be saved? Okay, so that's, those kind of go together. Does God love Satan? Should we pray for Satan to repent? So if you would, if you have your Bible with you, turn to uh, the book of Hebrews. We're going to be in chapter 1 to start, okay? And uh, I think... You know, I've talked to the kids' discipleship leaders, and I've actually had a a sit-down with a couple kids uh, about this question, so I I understand where this question is coming from, because we got a lot of kids that actually know their Bible, and we got a lot of kids that understand, you know, there's a reason they're asking this question, and a lot of it comes out of the, the reality that most of these kids know the Bible says that God is love, and that Jesus told us in Matthew 5 and in Luke 6 that we are supposed to love our enemies. And so they know the Bible says Satan is our enemy. They know that Jesus said we should love our enemies. And so that's a lot of where this question is coming from. They also, the the second part of that, should we pray for Satan to be saved? They know that the way we love anybody best is to pray for them to be saved and to know God and to be in relationship with him. And so that's that's a lot of the thrust of it. But, you know, if we really think about it, it, the whole thing presents a potential issue Right? Because if, if God doesn't love Satan, but Jesus told us to love our enemies, well, what's the deal? Right? Why, why would that not be the case? Or if it's the case, if we are supposed to, if God does love Satan and we're supposed to, then, then what do we do with all the verses that tell us to rebuke him and resist him and to, that he's our enemy and, and we should watch out for him? And, and so how do, we, how do we think about all that? How do we navigate that? Really, really good question that obviously comes out of somebody thinking about what their Bible says. So kids, congratulations on a good question. Uh, and you guys really bring some humdingers. You, you bring ones that are not easy for me to answer. And that's good. It makes us think. And so parents, I want you to know, as, as I begin to unpack this, I'm doing two things today. One, I want to answer this at a level that, that the majority of the kids can grasp. That's my hope. But I also want to give you a roadmap for continuing to have this conversation because I want to give them a bottom line answer, the kids today, but I also want parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles to be able to walk them through why that bottom line answer is what it is. Okay? Everyone good with that? So we're all going to have to listen carefully. You guys ready? Because it's not easy. I can't just say yes or no. We got we to gotta look at some things. We got to think together. Okay? So uh, <clears throat> in order to get this answer, does God love Satan? Should we love Satan? Should we pray for Satan to be saved? In order to get to an answer, we're going to have to do what Jesus did a lot of times when people asked him questions. 
we're gonna have to ask some questions. So to get the answer, we need to ask some questions ourselves. Here's the three questions, kids, parents, three questions that will end you up being able to come to an answer about this big question. Here they are. We need to know who is Satan. We need to know who are we. And we need to know what is love. If we're going to answer the question, does God love Satan? Should we love Satan? We need to know who is Satan, who are we, and what is love. So I need a kid, a brave kid, to, to raise their hand and tell me, what do you know? If I say, who is Satan, what's your answer? Who knows? Jackson, who is Satan? You froze. Lucy, who is Satan? So used to be an angel and went the wrong way. Is there any, any, that's good, thank you. That's exactly what I was looking for. Anybody else? Max, what would you say? An evil servant tries to trick us to do the wrong things. That's right. The Bible says Satan is a deceiver. Okay, so we're getting a picture of who is Satan. Now, I wanna just make sure, you know, we're not just doing fairy tale stuff in here. Does the Bible actually say Satan was an angel? Well, let me read this to you. This is from Ezekiel 28. This is where we get this idea primarily. It's not the only place, but this is the big spot. Okay, this Ezekiel 28, this prophecy, it, it's dual in nature. There's the beginning of this chapter. It seems like it's talking about a human king, but then there's this transition and some things are said here that doesn't seem like it could be talking about a human king. Okay, it says, you were in Eden, the garden of God. That couldn't be a human king. Every precious stone was your covering, the ruby, the topaz, and the diamond, the barrel, the onyx, and the jasper, the lapis lazuli, I don't know what that is, the turquoise and the emerald, and the gold, the workmanship of your settings and sockets was in you. On the day that you were created, they were prepared. You were the anointed cherub who covers, and I placed you there. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked in the midst of the stones of fire. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created until unrighteousness was found in you. By the abundance of your trade, you were internally filled with violence and you sinned. Therefore, I have cast you as profane from the mountain of God. I have destroyed you, you covering cherub. From the midst of the stones of fire, your heart was haughty, that means prideful, because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom by reason of your splendor. I threw you to the ground. In addition to that, we see in Revelation 12 that uh, it talks about this great dragon and its tail swept a third of the stars from heaven. And so we know that as a result of that, not only did Satan sin against God and rebel, but apparently a third of the angels also joined in that rebellion. And when you rebel against God, what happens? You lose, right? Every time. So I don't know what they were thinking, but they lost. And so they got cast down from heaven, okay? So... Satan was an angel who rebelled. Uh, in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus calls Satan the evil one. So he's evil. And in Luke 10, Jesus calls Satan the enemy. The enemy. So he's God's enemy. He's our enemy, all right? But it still doesn't totally answer the question for us, does it? Because Jesus said, love your enemy. So what are we supposed to do with that? Okay, now what I want you to do, if, if you turn to Hebrews, let's, now we're going to get down into some things that will help us understand how to think about this. Hebrews chapter one, let's look at verses 13 and 14. And then we're gonna look at verse, uh, chapter two, verse five, and then chapter two, 11 through 16. I know I'm jumping a little bit, but there's some things in between that don't pertain directly, and I'm trying to keep this <laughs> somewhat streamlined for us, okay? So Hebrews one, let's look at verses 13 and 14. What does that say? 
But to which of the angels has he ever said, so talking about God, to which of the angels has God ever said, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to render service for the sake of those who will inherit salvation? Why do we read that? It tells us something about angels. There's this distinction being made between God, what he said to Jesus, sit at my right hand, and angels. And it describes for us what angels' purpose was in their creation. What is it? Ministering spirits sent out to render service for the sake of those who will inherit salvation. What does that mean? Well, that's hopefully you and me, those who will inherit salvation, those who will be saved because of what Christ has done. So here we're seeing, I think a lot of times we think of angels, they're they're these really powerful beings, and sometimes we think, well, it's, it's like it's God, and then it's angels, and then, then maybe humans and everyone else, but we're going we're gonna to see a picture here today of, of how God sees this, and it's a little different than maybe we do. So angels are meant to be ministering spirits to serve God, and actually to serve us, which that's pretty cool. Okay, let's look at uh, chapter 2, verse 5. What does it say? For he did not subject to angels the world to come concerning which we are speaking. He did not subject to angels the world to come concerning which we are speaking. Okay, hold that and let's go to chapter 2, verse 11 through 16 and read that. For both he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified are all from one Father, for which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren. So both he who sanctifies, that's Jesus, and those who are sanctified, that's us, are all from one Father. And that's why he's not ashamed to say, I will proclaim your name to my brethren. In the midst of the congregation, I will sing praise. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I am the children whom God has given me. Verse 14. Therefore, since the children share in the flesh and blood, he himself likewise also partook of the same, that through death he might render powerless him who had the power of death, that is the devil and might free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. Verse 16, this is key. For assuredly, he does not give help to angels, but gives help to the descendants of Abraham. That's an important verse for our question here. Because first of all, we need to understand who is Satan. He's a fallen angel. God calls him an enemy. But we also need to understand who we are. So here's another question, another question for the, I need a brave kid to raise their hand and tell me, who are the descendants of Abraham? There's two answers that I'll take, but there's one I'm really looking for. Anybody know who the descendants of Abraham are? Lucy? All of us who? He almost made it. Let him come next time, that'd be awesome. All who believe in Jesus are the descendants of Abraham. Yes, ma'am. Now, the other answer that someone might say is those who are ethnically uh, Hebrew, but Galatians tells us that those who come to Christ by faith are, are the true descendants of Abraham. So what is this telling us? For assuredly, he does not give help to angels, but he gives help to the descendants of Abraham. That along with everything else we read, it shows us this distinction between people and angels. There actually is no mechanism for angels to be saved. That, that help that that's talking about there in Hebrews, in context, the whole thing is talking, that help is salvation. And so Jesus, what, is it, what does that tell us? Jesus died for human beings. 
Jesus became human so that he could be the sacrifice in our place. He did not become an angel in order to die for the angels. Okay, that's really important. Okay, so we need to know who Satan is and who we are. We are the descendants of Abraham. We, more than that even, and, and because of that, we are going to reign with God. The Bible says that in multiple places. The first place, so if you go to Genesis, when the creation account, God created man and woman, gave them dominion over all things. Adam named all the animals, not God. And that shows you what God's intention was in creating man and woman in his image. We were supposed to reign with him. Sin got in the way and broke that, but Jesus made it so that all that was broken by sin will be restored. And so ultimately, we're going to reign with God again. Galatians 3.29 says this, and if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants, heirs according to the promise. Heirs, they get what the king has, okay? 1 Corinthians 6, do you not know that the saints will judge the world? If the world is judged by you, are you not competent to form the smallest law courts? Do you not know that we will judge angels? That's pretty interesting. 2 Timothy 2, if we endure, we shall also reign with him. That's, this is about who you are. And we need to know that to understand how to think about this entire thing. Okay? Now, we don't see... So, so who are we? We are the children of God. We are descendants of Abraham. And we are loved by God. Here's something that, that is very pertinent to us answering our question today. Does God love Satan? If you go through your whole Bible, you won't find anywhere where it says that God loves the angels. Whoa. Some of you don't like that right off the bat, huh? Am I kicking over a sacred cow for you? Well, hold on, Pastor Vince. God is love, so doesn't he have to love all the creatures and all the creations and everything? Doesn't he have to love them all? Well, I'm just telling you what the Bible says and doesn't say. The Bible does say that God loves within the Trinity. The Father loves the Son. The Son loves the Father. The Spirit loves the Father. The Spirit loves the Son. They have eternal love between themselves. And the Bible says that God loves people. The Bible never says God loves angels. Now you got to decide what you're going to do with that. You can say, oh, well, well, that means that God can't be love. Or it can lead us to ask the question, what is love from God's perspective? Because that's really what it comes down to here. Okay? And I realized two weeks ago I got into this, but it's not my fault. This is the question the kids asked. So here we are again. Amen? All right. Some of you might be thinking, oh, man, well, if that's what he just said, does that, does that mean, well, does God love animals? And I just figured this would just, I just wanted to irritate everyone, and then I'll move on real quick. The Bible doesn't say he does. Hold, past, hold Pastor Vince, hold on just a second. God has to love the animals. It says that God cares for sparrows in Matthew 6. What do you mean? Well, it does say that God cares for them, but it doesn't say that God loves them. And I believe God cares for angels. I believe God cares for animals. He cares for all the creation that he made. But love is something different. Love is something more. Love is something so deep and so precious, it's reserved for God and for people. See where we're heading? We're getting closer to an answer here. Why do I say that? Well, because of 1 John 3, 16, it says, by this we know love. That he, talking about Jesus, laid his life down, so we ought to lay down our lives for one another. And because, look, if you want a love definition, just remember John 3.16, because 1 John 3.16 is helpful and John 3.16 is helpful, right? For God so loved the world, we just sang it, that he gave his only son so that, why? 
So whoever would believe would not perish but have everlasting life. You might say, oh, well, right there, you're wrong. It says God so loved the world, Pastor Vince. Well, you see clearly what it's talking about as it goes on to describe what love is, that God sent Christ, what, so that we could be saved. When it says the world there, it's talking about all the people in the world. That's what it means, okay? So who is Satan? A fallen angel. Who are we? We are Abraham's descendants by faith. We are heirs according to the promise. We are the beloved of God, right? And what is love? Well, according to 1 John 3.16 and John 3.16, it points us to one word, sacrifice. That Jesus was willing to sacrifice himself wholly and totally for us and for the benefit of God the Father, God the Spirit, so that all of them together could enjoy relationship with us forever. Sacrifice is that key word that really keys us into what the love of God is and what we're called to. So we're called to love God and love people. And so the bottom line answer that we've been hunting for here, if Satan is a fallen angel, and the Bible doesn't say that God loves angels at all, not the way he loves us, that's one. If we ask the question, who are we? We're heirs according to the promise. We're the descendants of Abraham. We're God's children. And we ask, what is love? It's sacrifice. It's a willingness to lay down your life completely every time she wants to come up here, to lay your life down completely for the good of another. Jesus didn't die for angels. Jesus didn't die for anything other than you and me. So the answer is no. God does not love Satan. And nor should we love Satan. Because the tandem question that comes along with this, and it's a great question, the fact that kids are saying, well, should we love Satan? And then the very next thing they ask is, should we pray for Satan to be saved? That's, that's, that blesses my heart because that tells me they know if I love somebody, I should want them to be saved. That should be the number one thing. That's awesome. But here's what we gotta know. God, first of all, Jesus didn't die for angels to be saved. He died for us to be saved. There is, there is no path for angels to repent of sin the way that we can. But the second thing is, God exists outside of time. God knows all things and God gave the book of Revelation to the apostle John. And so here's what we know. Not only was there not a way for angels to be saved because Jesus didn't die for them. He became a man and died in our place. Also, we know because of the book of Revelation, Satan is not going to repent. He's not going to stop. He's been so corrupted by pride and hate for God and for us the Bible's very clear all the way up to the end, all the way up until the, when Jesus comes and lays the final smack down on Satan and, and he's gone forever, he's gonna stay in rebellion. And so the answer to these questions is no, God doesn't love Satan, so we shouldn't love Satan and there is no reason for us to pray and ask for Satan to be saved. We know because God knows and he told us Satan's not gonna turn around and change his mind. Now that's sad. I'm sad that any, any, any creature that can think and understand what's going on is going to rebel against God forever. That makes me sad too. But we have to leave Satan up to God. God's going to handle him. Are you happy about that? Amen. I'm happy about it. Okay. So the, the, the last kind of thing I want to lay down here is, you know, we've answered the question. Does God love Satan? No. Should we pray for Satan to be saved? No. I've given you all the reasons, but I want to leave us with an implication of, of what we've looked at today. So what does this mean? 
What, what, what does it mean? Because some of you are thinking, man, I still don't like it, Pastor Vince, that you said God doesn't love the angels. I don't like that. And, and I can understand that. And some of you might be really mad that I said God doesn't love the animals. But remember, I'm saying love is something different. I'm not saying God doesn't care for all of his creation. Of course he does. This, of course he does. But love is something special. Love is something different. Love's on a whole different level from God's perspective. And, and what it means is that you're willing to lay yourself down for the good of another, to give up everything for the betterment of someone else. And so you might be thinking, okay, if, if love is so tied to sacrifice, Pastor Vince, if, that's, if you're saying that, if love is so tied to sacrifice, then, then how do I actually love God and love people? Because it, it almost seems like you've got to die for somebody in order to love. I mean, that's the picture the Bible keeps pointing us to, to understand what love is. Look at Jesus on the cross. You want to know what love, God means by love? Look at Jesus on the cross. And you might be thinking, well, I don't, you know, I don't think maybe, I may not have a chance to die for another person or to die in service of the Lord. And so how, how can I really love God or love people? How do I do that? How can I walk in this thing that I'm, I'm called to? And I, and I think that's a, the big idea out of today for, for us should be, man, it should change the way we walk out of here and live to know that we are the one thing in God's whole creation that he decided to pour his love onto. We are the one thing in all creation that was, that was made for the purpose of reigning with God. I mean, does that change the way you see yourself? It should. Who you are is wild, man. And, and we, are, we are something different in the eyes of God. We are made in his image to reign with him and to be in relationship with him. And that should really affect the... We, a lot of times we don't act like kings and queens of heaven, do we? Or princes and princesses of heaven. Sometimes we act like, well, I'll just leave that where it's at. I won't say anything else about it. What's the answer? What am I getting at? I want you to know that you can live and you, you can love without having to, to actually die. The Bible tells us that. Let me read you this. Romans 12, verse 1. Therefore... I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice. As a what? A living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Here's what I want you to see, friends. There is a way in which we can live our lives as a sacrifice. We can live as if we have, we have died to everything that would be against God or that would be not about loving people. Galatians says that we can die to ourselves. And so we can live, we can be a living sacrifice. How do you do that? That seems really hard. Well, of course it's hard. That's why we need God's help. That's why God has to give us the help of his Holy Spirit every single day. If we're going to walk in love and we're going to walk around this world as a living sacrifice. That means every minute of every day, all my thoughts, all my words, all my actions, I want them to belong to God, be in service of God, and be a part of how I reflect God's love into the world to other people. And so you don't have to die in order to love like Jesus did. By his power, we can live and love like Jesus did. Amen? Will you guys pray with me? Let's pray. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. Lord, thank you so much uh, for this great question. Uh, Lord, thank you that you showed us in your word that sometimes the best way to answer a hard question is to ask some more questions. And so, Lord, I, I just, I pray uh, for every parent 
every, every person that's going to have the chance to, to answer questions for kids, may they remember that we have to know who Satan is and, and who we are and what love is if we're going to be able to, to lead kids to a place of understanding uh, that Satan is the one enemy we cannot love. That it's, he, he's bent forever on rebellion against God, that Satan wants to hurt us and to, and to hurt God. And, and, and I, I thank you, Lord, that we can rejoice in the fact that ultimately you're going to handle Satan. I also thank you, Lord, that because we know Satan is the true enemy, it actually frees us to love people better. Lord, please forgive us for every single time we've treated people like they were the enemy. Help us to remember our battle is not against flesh and blood. And, and Lord, I ask that that would be true in difficult family situations with difficult neighbors and people at work all across the spectrum. Lord, may we remember there is an enemy and his name is Satan. Everybody else, you've called us to love. Help us do that because it's difficult, but we want to for your glory, Master. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Love City Church, located in Cincinnati, Ohio. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way without permission. To give or find out more about Love City Church, visit www.mylovecitychurch.org.